You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gators Breakdown, the Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore S-E-C. Well, uh, that was not the way to bounce back after the Georgia loss. A week later, the Gators looked a lot like they did versus Kentucky this season, looked a lot like the 2017 Gators. Uh, many many of us thought those type of performances were a thing of the past, but uh, that definitely wasn't the case as Missouri comes into Gainesville and dominates Florida uh, to the tune of, uh, man, 38-17, <laughs> 21-point loss for the Gators. And uh, I'll take a look at the Felipe Franks benching and another poor performance by the Gators defense, plus your reactions as well but before we do remember you can find gators breakdown on newsforjacks.com slash gators breakdown there you'll find all the gators breakdown episodes as well as articles from the news for jack sports team also catch us on itunes google play youtube spotify when you and when using those services please share rate and review the show and on social media follow gators breakdown on twitter and facebook at gators breakdown look and i i don't think this is the case uh, of letting Georgia beat you twice, and then there's that thought of you know you, you have a letdown performance uh, in, in a big game, and that game can can turn into two. I, I don't think that was the case here. Uh, I, I don't think it was a hangover from that game. This Florida team just wasn't ready, and, and who does to who does to blame uh, go to on, on, on that? The, the coaches, the players, both. Well, you know when, when it's this bad uh, of, of a performance, I think blame can go all around. Uh, and, and Dan Mullen mentioned post game quote. We didn't play very well at all with attention to detail, our sense of urgency, and our execution. That's all about coaching. We got to do a much better job, and that's all three phases. That's offense, that's defense, that's special teams. And, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely truthful on that. Uh, offense, of course, you know, we'll get into it, but uh, the quarterback position, uh, not up to par there. The defense has fallen by the wayside the last couple games, and uh, special teams with some with some dumb penalties on special teams there. Uh, in, in this game against Missouri, and all, all three phases were bad, and I think blame can you know go go around all. I, I still blame it more on the execution there because there were there was some stuff there. Yeah, uh, but you could you could tell the players weren't up for this game. Uh, the crowd wasn't the best. A lot of empty seats in the stadium. The energy just wasn't there. And I, I know some Missouri press members I was talking to and hearing them talk too uh, amongst themselves. You know they, they were not impressed with, with the Gator crowd and the energy around campus and, and especially the stadium too, inside the stadium. 
You know, and I, I'm not going to say that bled over into the players. I, I think that's an easy and convenient excuse. Uh, this team just wasn't ready to play, and it was apparent from the get-go. Uh, a lot of what we were saying about this team coming into this season and after the Kentucky game are, are starting to be mentioned again. Uh, the talent deficiency, the physicality it takes to play in the SEC, uh, and maybe more importantly, the mental toughness of this team to continue to play well is lacking again now. You know, did, did this team get full of itself after a great start to the season uh, since the bye week? You, you would have thought that was a time to reassess, figure out what this team does well, and capitalize on it. And and since the bye week, that hasn't happened. 0-2 since the bye week. And beat by a combined 40 points between Georgia and Missouri. And that that's kind of unacceptable uh, right now. You know, is, is this team starting to revert back to more of uh, what we thought they would be, you know, coming into the season, it, it does look that way. Uh, but that, but that's unacceptable. I think you know it, it's okay to ad, adjust expectation as the season goes on, and, and many of us did that. Now, I wasn't ready to talk bowl game, you know, with a month of the season still left. But yeah, you know, but a week and a day ago, we woke up on Saturday morning getting ready to play Georgia with a six and one record and, and take control of the sec East. And, and now Florida's staring at a six and three record. And he, even after losing to Georgia, you know, the talk was finished season, finished the season 10 and two. And you felt, you know, you didn't feel good about losing to Georgia and there no more victories here, but you know, it was a, a good performance given the circumstances and, and, and the talent gap between Florida and Georgia right now. And you know, we, the talk was Florida would be favored in every game and you know, probably still will be. Uh, there was a lot of there was a, a still and there was still a good chance to, to finish with a ten win season and maybe the players thought it would be easy and, and the preparation took a hit you know the, the things this team was doing well are nowhere to be found the last few games Felipe Frank's not managing the game a, a defense smothering the quarterback and forcing turnovers uh, special teams making game changing plays. Uh, none of that's there right now. Uh, all these things are non-existent as this season's winding down and, and maybe this team was playing over their head. Uh, the first couple months of the season, but I also think they, uh, you know, they had more to play for at the beginning of the season. You know, of all the questioning after the Kentucky game, uh, and then hey, guys, you can't go on the road and beat Tennessee and Mississippi State, and well, they did it. And then there's no way you can beat a a top five LSU team. And and since that LSU win, this is, hasn't been the same team. It, it's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to measure a player's mindset. You know, of course, we can come out here and they can jump around when they come running out of the tunnel. But, you know, we have no idea to measure. It just looked lethargic. It just didn't look right. It didn't look like the first couple months of the season. Um, you know, many just Gators team just felt like they just didn't want to be there <laughs> in this game against Missouri. So they don't get me wrong. There were some matchup problems uh against missouri that i didn't like and you know we brought it up last week you know could this defense bounce back versus a, a potentially explosive offense and i thought they could but that was a worry uh could this gator offense run the ball versus a good run defense i thought they abandoned uh the run too soon i know there there was a thought that this would be the game franks could come in and pass on the defense and well the play the plays were there uh, but felipe franks couldn't hit anything uh while he had players open time and time again I thought the offense would try and run no matter what the Missouri defense showed uh, to try and help Franks get easier throws. But, you know, the plays were there and, and eventually, uh, you know, too late for some. But Frank, to, to Franks getting benched for Kyle Trask and 
Trask comes in and leads a touchdown drive, and Trask entered the game with, with five minutes left in the third quarter, complete, completed his first three passes for 39 yards, a seven-yard touchdown pass to a diving uh, Hammond uh, on fourth and goal in the third quarter was the first of Kyle Trask's career, so good for him there. Um, so with all that, here we go again. <laughs> Wondering about the quarterback position for uh, for the Gators, and now it's you know in season. Uh, so you, you hope you didn't have to deal with this uh, in, in season. The season would play out, and maybe you can revisit after the season, but uh, not the case here. And I, and I tweeted leaving the stadium uh, last night, quote, you know, it's hard to mask bad quarterback play in the SEC. It, it caught up with Mullen and Franks. Still thought Franks was the best option coming in uh, to the Missouri game, but you uh, can't defend that right now. Uh, teams caught on pretty quick. Time to game plan with another quarterback. And you guys know I, I'm not an overreactor type of guy. So, you know, that took some for me to admit there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just not, uh, you know, bad game, bad performance. Okay, that happened. But it's becoming too much of a trend now. And uh, if you've listened to me for a while or, or follow me on Twitter, you know I've defended Felipe Frank starting. And, you know, we saw steps being made in his play this season. But eventually, if you're not improving, evolving, and progressing, teams will eventually figure it out. And it turns out Franks is still very limited. Uh, now, coming into the season, I picked an 8-4 and four record mainly because of the quarterback play. Um, it got better. I think the coaches ultimately went with Franks because of his potential, but lately it hasn't come close to reaching that potential and inexplicable turnovers, not being accurate to hit the plays when they're there uh, led to Franks being benched. No one can no longer defend what Franks is, what, what he can bring to the table right now. Is Kyle Trask the answer? No idea. Is Jeremy Jones the answer right now? I doubt it, but something different is definitely needed moving forward. Now, there's no way Dan Mullen can trot out Felipe Franks back out there as starter right now. Uh, you know, a huge majority of the fan base is ready to move on uh, and just see something different. Uh, and now, given the circumstances, Trash played okay. Uh, made some really good decisions, made some really good throws. Throws while stepping back too much uh, kind of caught my eye. Had trouble noticing and identifying pressure. But he was in a situation where Missouri knew the pass was coming, could pin their ears back. So it'd be nice to see how Trask can do with a game plan built around him if uh, and can rely on a running game early to help him out. Uh, and we'll see if that's if that's where it goes right now, um, of him maybe getting more playing time, maybe being the starter. Uh, but Mullen said after the game on, on, on the plan of the quarterback position moving forward, quote, it's the same it's been all year. We'll see. We weren't moving the ball very well. Felipe missed a throw or two here, but he's also getting hit. We got a lot of guys open, and I'm looking, and I'm like, quote, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, the ball sells, and you want to jump on, and you all want to jump on him. And there he is with three guys getting pulled off the top of him. So we'll see how he performed this week. And if there's a drastic change, we'll make a change. And if not, we'll play with who's going to give us the best chance to win. And Mullen went on to say about Kyle Trask, quote, I thought he did okay. We'll watch the film. He missed a throw or two, made some good throws, got the ball out, and on time. Gave our guys a chance for the most part. Other times we didn't. He gave our guys some chances to make some plays. So that was end quote there from Mullen. So while, while, while I agree with Mullen, the offensive line didn't have their best performance either. That wasn't the main reason Felipe Franks was struggling yesterday. Uh, and also going back to the Georgia game. You know, you know, go back to that opening flea flicker versus Georgia and all the open, open receiver passes he missed versus Missouri, all the turnovers lately. Franks is not, wasn't getting it done no matter the situation so i think it has to be 
Kyle Trask moving forward. I know what players do in practice can sway, and for, for the most part, it was Felipe Franks being better in practice. And, uh, and I think still, like I said, I think the coaches like his potential there, but it doesn't matter. It, it's not translating right now into the game. He was making steps. He was managing games pretty well up until recently. And um, it's uh, definitely time to move on and try something different <clears throat> at the quarterback position for the Gator. That's the main storyline there for, for the offense. Like I said, the run game, it was, gonna be, it was going to be tough getting that run game going against Missouri. Still thought Florida should have tried more early, no matter what the Missouri defense was showing. Uh, you know, so, sometimes that whole numbers thing can get you in trouble, I, I, I think. Uh, when you Look, I know Mullen li- likes to take advantage of numbers, and that's when his offense works best. But you got to have a quarterback that can do it, and if you don't, I think you should be, you know, maybe you should rely on that run game just a um, a bit more. But you know, he's coached; the plays were there to be executed. But uh, Felipe Franks not getting it done. So with this game, uh, Missouri first road win versus a ranked team since 2014, and it was their first conference win of the season. They're 0 4 coming into this game in the SEC. You know, and while the Gators' offense certainly struggled, uh, the Gators' defense has completely lost its way as well. And it's amazing the things this defense did so well before the bye week are now nowhere to be seen. There's no pressure, um, there, that, and that is causing a lack of turnovers, also causing the secondary to look very pedestrian, and, and those guys, along with the linebackers, look lost at times. Uh, has recruiting in those areas fallen off in recent years? If you listen to this podcast, you know we've hit on it. Of course it has, but that wasn't the issue when you play a team like Missouri. A team like Georgia, sure, but not Missouri. Vashon Joseph, may have, he may have had 12 tackles in this game, but he was constantly attacked and out of position when getting attacked. He got beaten coverage where he looked lost, left the tight end open for a touchdown. Uh, you know, Joseph has reverted back to, to much of the worry we saw last year and earlier this season. Uh, you know, over, over pursue, out of his gap. I uh, can't make a tackle. With, so it's, um, you know, numbers are there. If you just look at the stat sheet, numbers are great. And as you say, you know, and as you guys know, I'm numbers guy. We look at numbers are here, but also can admit when numbers don't tell the whole story. And uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And right here, yeah, he had a lot of tackles, but um, really, really out of position, a whole lot of the play. And Missouri really took advantage of that. Drew Locke took advantage of that. Three touchdown passes. Gators have given up six touchdown passes the last two games from Fromm and Locke. Uh, defensive line can't get pressure on its own right now. And when Florida does blitz, the pressure gets picked up or the, or, or the quarterback's getting rid of the ball before it can get there. Chikapa Light has been invisible lately, and, and the Gators only have three sacks in the last three games, one in each game. I mean, it's uh, what we were – you know, harping on this defense about when they were playing so well. None of that's being seen right now. The Gators allowed a season-high 250 passing yards and 471 total yards. Uh, 250 passing yards were the most they surrendered since Vanderbilt threw for 264. Uh, Last season, uh, Missouri is the third of Florida's opponents, Charleston Southern and Kentucky, to rush for at least 200 yards. Uh, And Florida allowed its highest Total offensive yardage in the first half this year, 274 yards. Uh, It's second highest rushing total in the first half of this year with 148 yards. Only Kentucky's 161 yards was higher uh, in the first half. And it's third highest passing total in the first half this year. Uh, LSU had 126 
Oh, no. Missouri had 126. LSU had 127. Tennessee had 140 yards uh, in the first half passing. So Florida's last two opponents, and this is where it really, really hurts. Florida's last two opponents are 19 for 32 on third down. That's almost 60% there. It's three opponents prior to that were a combined nine of 41. That was about 22% on third down. So from 60% down to 22% in third downs um, from the last two games to the three games before that would be Vanderbilt, LSU, Mississippi State. Gator defense not getting it done. Getting getting the offense in position, the, the opposing offense into, in position, but still can't do anything on third down on that money down. Uh, Missouri converted 11 of 18 first downs, and that was after going 0 for 8 last week in the second half versus Kentucky. So, you know, while the quarterback position will get a lot of the blame, a lot of the notoriety this week, much of it, you know, can also be pointed to this defense. 38 points and a season high, 471 yards allowed. Todd Grant is going to Todd Grant is going to have to adjust, and I think the game plan is going to have to to adjust moving forward as well. You know, Florida. Florida needs to run the ball, eat some clock, and allow Trask to, to build off some play action uh, there, keeping the opposing offenses on the sideline. And that third down defense, like, look, you know, we heard time and time again with Todd Grantham was hired and looking at previewing in the season, uh, third and Grantham, well, and it, it showed its head the last two weeks. You know, kind of different that Georgia game, I mean, not as much blitzing, uh, but still giving up third downs. And then also against Missouri, uh, could bring pressure, got picked up, and uh, didn't bring pressure. Didn't matter. So you know, just you know, just it, it's amazing just how much Takapolite, Jabari Zuniga, uh, in that front seven just can't get in the backfield pressure to quarterback right now. And even then, you know, block well, one of the touchdown throws, uh, step up to avoid the pressure and, and get to get it in there. And the secondary, one of the safeties, I think it was um, Stewart there, out of position, uh, and. Just an easy touchdown for Lock and company there. So you got to got to go back to the drawing board on defense and, and figure out what you can do there. Figure out what you can do to get more pressure. Teams have game planned uh, for those defensive ends, and you know Georgia with a lot of chips and moving guys in motion to help some max, max protection. And Missouri actually just you know getting the ball out fast, and that was a worry there of mine of uh, just how fast uh, they get rid of the ball and being able to take advantage of this Florida defense and uh, the. Matchup problems that we saw Missouri could take advantage of theirs. Florida couldn't. You know, there were some advantages Florida had coming into this game as well, but uh, not able to, to, to take advantage uh, of a Missouri pass defense that had been struggling. Um, it was there. Sleeper Franks didn't hit them. And also um, just not being able to get anything done and uh, shutting down that Missouri offense on the defensive side. So that's my reaction. Uh, to, 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 to the Missouri game. And now let's get to yours as we do after every game on this Sunday episode. And Tony Agolini, uh, probably one of the best gifts in, in describing this one is the, uh, of course, <laughs> um, we got no food. We got no money. Our pets' heads are falling off. We got no jobs. There we go. But uh, <laughs> of course, from Dumb and Dumber there. Uh, one of my favorite movies, but uh, yeah, that, that that describes a lot of the fan base feelings there. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pet heads are falling off. So yeah, perfect description there uh, for uh, how a lot of fans feel uh, about this one. Uh, Brian at uh, Gator5561, 
He says, uh, offense falls mostly on 13 shoulders. Missouri stacked the box and dared him to beat them. Guys are getting open. He just couldn't hit them. And a defense, total disaster. Granton's defense isn't effective when there is no pressure. Breakdowns in the secondary becoming uncommon. And then that's another thing with this, you know, this secondary and, and the linebacker series, just communication. I mean, these are things that should be easy, and they're just getting called out of position. Um, the, the one touchdown to the Missouri tight end, Albert O, I won't try and say his last name. I mean, David Reese and Vashawn Joseph are both right there, and Reese you know, initially had the coverage, uh, and Vashawn Joseph bit on another underneath route from the receiver, left the tight end wide open for a touchdown. Uh, it's just uh, the communication there for, for this team right now. I don't, I don't know if they're, they're still just learning this, you know, but we didn't see it a whole lot uh, before the bye week. And I, I know you got some young guys back there, but still, you know, it, it, there's a lot of mental mistakes going on right now with this Gator team. I think that's the most frustrating part is a lot, a lot of it's mental. A lot of it's maybe like lackadaisical, not caring. And then that kind of seems to be, you know, they're not really being – physically beat too much i i don't think i don't think that's much of the problem now yeah i know that the defensive line uh getting more pressure you can be more physical there the offensive line for the most part of the season has played much better than expected they did get beat uh, a good bit against missouri as well but for the most part it's more of a mental and preparation and, and just being ready to play that i think uh, is getting most fans you know the most right now uh at remain nameless says uh, his reaction is pain disappointment in mullen he won a lot of trust he just lost it he waited a game plus too long with the hook the fans are done with felipe franks if coach dan mullen runs him out there again i'm afraid they're gonna be done with him too um i won't go that far um uh, there yes yeah i mean yes the, he, he has lost uh a lot of the goodwill built up uh since you know beating my mississippi state lsu uh, and, and that point of the season, uh, I still don't think he waited too long. Maybe waited too long in this particular Missouri game to take Franks out. I still think Frank should have started this game. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's time to move on now and, and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of disappointment uh, from, from the fan base right now. Uh, at the Swamp Thing says in November 15, Florida was 10 and one, ranked eighth. We lost three in a row and finished 10 and four. A lot of people said, quote, trust the process and relax. Then U.S. signed the 12th ranked class. People said we were on our way. McDeathgate was the man for the job. Screw the process. Give me results. No proof yet. Uh, yes, imagine. Uh, it, it's uh, crazy how f how fast this has turned from, you know, possible 10-win season uh, here to now uh, after a couple losses in a row where, uh, you know, fans have kind of, harping back on what has happened in the past and uh you know florida must rebound and, and show and, and beat south carolina uh not necessarily has saying it has to look pretty but with everything going on with the defense not playing well more than likely playing a new quarterback i think uh you have to get you have to get the south carolina win uh any way possible scott sweat 1010 says total disappointment and unfortunate reality check for us all obviously the culture hasn't been fixed and now mullen must choose to ride with his guy will keep the fan base from turning. Frank's had his chance, and his fan base wants to start a new era with Mullen quarterback. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Trask isn't really a Mullen quarterback either. I don't think Emory Jones is going to play enough to uh, burn his red shirt, so I still think we only see him in probably two more games. So it's probably going to be mostly uh, Kyle Trask from here on out. But uh, who knows? You know, Maybe this uh, 
what happened with Franks uh, set something else in motion with Emory Jones as well. And you'll have to see how that plays out um, there. Let me see. Uh, yeah, the reality check. Yeah, like I said, you know, in, earlier in this episode, you know, maybe this team is reverting back to more of what we thought they were coming into this season. But I think it was okay to adjust expectations and, and what this team was showing. And obviously, you, as Scott said, you, you you mentioned the culture here, and uh, who knows? You know, maybe this is a an example of getting rid of the mindset of the McElwain guys and Mullen needed to get you know his recruits his players in with a different mindset and that mindset may take some time. You know, this is kind of going back and, and looking what we were talking about at the Kentucky game and you know, how the team it mentally or you know, where the team was at mentally. And, uh, you know, we, we, it looked like we had got past that. Uh, and now me, you know, like you said, maybe it's a reality check for us all uh, to that probably where this team was. Maybe they were playing over their heads. Maybe they had more to play for earlier in the season. Uh, but you gotta you gotta find something more to play for than, than just things like that. You know, find, you know, just because that Gator logo is on your chest, uh, it doesn't mean you go walk out there and win. You got you got to go there and play out for for yourself. And look, you know, as much losing as you did last season, it should be easy to play for. It should be easy to play for something. Uh, it's not just going to happen by running out there. Now, Robert Kraft says uh, Missouri controlled both lines of scrimmage. They were able to run, stop the run. The question is: it poor execution? Poor talent. Missouri did play with seven in the box, daring 13 to beat them deep. Hashtag trust the process. Uh, question is, is it poor execution or talent? And this game is more poor execution to me. Uh, talent is an issue, but not so much. Uh, I think when you're playing a Missouri, uh, a Missouri team who doesn't recruit as good as you do at Florida. So I think that's more of a execution. I mean, could talent be better? Absolutely. And if talent was better, could you overcome Things like we saw against Missouri, absolutely. But it's still not the ultimate excuse here uh, of losing uh, to Missouri. Uh, Robert at uh, SEC Gator says, little disappointed, but we can't forget how long the season is for the players, especially considering they are coming off uh, an intense summer and spring workouts. These guys probably have had two weeks off in the last six months. And that kind of does speak to what Dan Mullen said post game. Uh, as well when mentioning the secondary and how they're playing, you know, they have had, they've had to go deep into the depth chart there with guys playing. And so you may not notice those guys getting worn out until the season has played on and, you know, how, you know, since they're so depleted in the secondary, they're having to play a lot of plays in practice, having to play a lot of plays in games. And eventually as the season goes on, they're going to wear down. And I don't, you know how how much of that is the effect of what we're seeing as far as results go. Uh, but Dan Mullen kind of has mentioned something along those lines as well. As the season goes on, those guys back there are, are going to start starting to get worn out. But you know it, that's part of the game. Everybody's tired uh, when when November rolls around in a college football schedule. Now Mike Concho says uh, they played like it was 2017. Effort level was like last year. They've shown how they play when they want it. And yesterday, they didn't want anything to do with that game. Next week will be similar if they don't change attitude. Did they strain? I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, you know, Mullen has mentioned that whole, uh, you know, hold the rope, keep straining and, and until you can't anymore. And uh, it looks like Florida never grabbed a hold of that rope yesterday against Missouri uh, there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, another you know fan here mentioning 
Uh, it just didn't look like they want it. And like I said, that stuff is hard to measure, but uh, sometimes you can just see it. Uh, and uh, how, how much can you change the attitude in a week? I think that's going to be the question here. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. You know, uh, they said all the right things after the Georgia game, uh, especially all week as well. So, I mean, maybe practice wasn't the best after that, uh, but we'll see. Maybe I thought it was going to be a whole lot easier, uh, but we'll see uh, where it goes from here. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, look, another, like I said, F- Florida was scoreless coming in the first quarter in four straight games, only got a field goal yesterday. So, you know, maybe getting off to a faster start would help this team. You've know, got to find a way to put some points up early on the board, get the confidence up. And I think these slow starts may, may be also be taking the toll on this team here, uh, you know, as far as confidence goes uh, as well. Adam Fosky uh, says, expected. This is still a broken program that will take a lot longer than people expect to rid itself of a decade worth of accepted slash embraced mediocrity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be part of uh, why fans – that didn't show up there. And also, um, it, I mean, it's hard to say expected. I, mean, I don't think anybody expected a 21-point loss to Missouri coming into this. I also can't say it's expected after the start Florida had. Um, and maybe if you go back to the beginning of the season when previewing, and look, and I said Florida will lose to one of Missouri or South Carolina. Uh, but still, I'd say it's okay to adjust expectations from how the season was playing out. And uh, this is not a you know, no loss is good, but this is not a good loss. This was, uh, I mean, was, the team didn't show up, and uh, to me, that's as I said earlier, it's unacceptable, uh, especially with the way the season had been playing out up to this point. Uh, Jen at Gatorbait DMD says, "Disappointed. We are supposed to be improving as the season progresses, not getting worse." And that that's you know that's key there. I think you had a bye week two weeks ago. And you look worse after the bye week than you did before it. And uh, you know, did what did this team assess they where they could get better? What did the, where did the coaches assess this team? What they could do to to be a better team and, and maybe even change some things up, not to be so predictable. Because I do think as this season has played along, and I and I, and I mentioned it with, with Felipe Franks, it's harder to mask his deficiencies as teams start getting more film, start getting more tapes, seeing the things he does well, seeing the things he doesn't do well. Um, and most of it is, Hey, we're just going to let him beat us. And if he beats us, okay, we'll take our chances. But until he proves and, and may, I don't know if he gets another chance to or not improve until he gets another chance to prove that he can be that type of quarterback, then there's not going to be much respect from opposing defenses and opposing coaches. And, you know, we'll see if Fleet, uh, Kyle Trask can come in and, and maybe think, you know, make defenses think different. But uh, once one drive went through where he led the touchdown, you saw what Missouri wanted to do after that. They just came and start break, bringing pressure. And it's kind of some things I had heard, you know, behind the scenes of, of Kyle Trask was not reacting well to pressure in practice. And when things happen different, happen different on the, uh, on the defense, not knowing how to react uh, there. So, but that was, you know, months ago, we'll see if he's improved there. Uh, but that was kind of some things I had heard uh, about Kyle Trask and you know, maybe why he, didn't get the job there uh, to, to begin with, but um, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, apparently also Frank's was better at pre-snap reads, pre-snap checks. Uh, but you know, as I said, there's more experience now going on with practice as well. So maybe, and also look, the, the, this coaches can help Trask out there too. You've seen many times of going up to the line of scrimmage, seeing what the defense shows and then looking back to the coach to get a different play or, or run the same play or another check. So and we'll see what the, the coaching staff does. I think with, with Kyle Trask moving forward. 
Uh, Joe Pisani, a uh, complete failure across the board from players, coaches, and even the fans. It was frustrating to watch as an offense had players who were open all day. Little defense, you could see what was coming and knew we couldn't stop it. And, oh, the worst part of it all is that while I had become numb to these type of losses in the last several years, Mullen gave me hope. Yesterday was like ripping off the band-aid to reveal the truth to where this program stands. Yeah, like I said, uh, this uh, that that I think that's the harsh reality of it all is we, we as fans did get our hopes up, and as I said, you know, a week and a day ago, there's a top ten matchup versus Georgia, and, and Florida was the center of the college football world, and now two losses out since then. Since then, um, one to Georgia, one to Missouri. So. Yeah, it um, maybe part of it is closer to what they should be. Uh, but as I keep going back to, it was okay to adjust expectations and, and get hyped up. You know, that's part of being a fan. And like, look, they showed some good pieces. They showed some good parts of being a good team. They had a quarterback who was managing a game. They had a suffocating defense for you know, three, four games in a row, causing turnovers. You had special teams making plays. You had a young freshman in Damian Pierce making plays and I haven't seen much of him lately. We had uh, a, a running game that could pick up yards when they needed to and run out some clock when they needed to. And you had Deshaun Joseph, a player who last season couldn't get it done, looked really bad against Kentucky. And then he turned around his season a little bit, being able to c- cover tight ends better, filling his gaps. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was all over the field making plays and, now it's just you don't you're not seeing a whole lot of this stuff happening. Yeah, you know, I know Christopher Henderson also came back this game, got beat one time, but also made a couple really, really, really good plays. And you could tell, um, you know, they missed him versus Georgia, but really couple good plays by Henderson being out there. And oh man, yeah, the secondary I have to get some things figured out there, but also starts up front and, get, and getting more pressure and helping and helping those guys out and uh, causing turnovers and helping where they don't have to cover. Um, as long either. So, yeah, that's your thoughts. Thanks for sending your thoughts here uh, and, and your reactions of of, of the game uh, over Missouri. Up ends Florida, and uh, I hate doing episodes like this. You know, it's a lot more fun to talk about wins. Hoping we could come here and talk about, you know, Florida still on their way uh, to maybe a 10-2 record, uh, but uh, not, not in the cards here. But uh, let's take a look around what happened in the SEC and uh, before we do that, though, you know, let's take a look at Florida State, Miami. You know, this can make some fans feel better uh, there. But FSU loses to NC State and now four and five on the season. James Blackman threw for 421 yards, but FSU only ran for 24 yards on 20 attempts. Uh, so, you know, we'll see uh, you know, NC State put it on them uh, there. But uh, we'll kind of see uh, where, where Florida State and Florida are in a couple weeks. And also Miami loses to Duke twenty to twelve. So this is uh, the all the big three all lose in consecutive weeks here. So I doubt that's ever happened. And if it has, uh, it's been forever uh, since it has. But uh, not, not a not a not a not a good stretch here for the uh, the big three in Florida, Florida State, and Miami, as both teams uh, or all three teams falling in consecutive weeks. Take a look around the SEC as well. Auburn with a big win, 28-24 over Texas A and M. Uh, South Carolina, Florida's opponent next week, 48-44 shootout over uh, Ole Miss. Jake Bentley, 363 yards passing. Uh, but Jordan Tomu of Ole Miss, 379 yards passing against that South Carolina defense. So, uh, yeah, kind of expected a shootout there 
and what would happen. But uh, so South Carolina's going to be coming in with some confidence on the offensive side of the ball next week as they come in uh, here to Gainesville and play the Gators. Georgia wraps up the SEC East a week after beating Florida by beating Kentucky as well, 34-17 to in the SEC East championship game, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, Georgia pretty pretty much in control uh, most most of that game there. Uh, from only 113 yards passing, but it didn't really matter as Georgia had that run game going um, there. They held Benny Snell Jr. to 73 yards rushing, so that's how you beat Kentucky. Georgia did it. Uh, people were still questioning that rush defense after Florida had some success last week, too, running on Georgia, but uh, they did a good job of shutting down Benny Snell Jr. and Georgia wins the SEC East and Tennessee, only a 14-3 win over Charlotte. Mississippi State beats Louisiana Tech 45-3. And in the big game, it wasn't even close. Alabama 29 to nothing over LSU. I had 40-20 to in that game. I guess I gave uh, LSU a little bit too much credit <laughs> there. Uh, to a 295 yards passing there. Uh, they held Burrow 184 yards uh, passing, and LSU couldn't, you know, couldn't run on Alabama, and pretty much expected there. Alabama wins the SEC West with that matchup there, so it's going to be Georgia and Alabama and in Atlanta, pretty much like we all expected anyway when the season started. But uh, but uh, after the after beating 20 after beating LSU 29 to nothing, Alabama wins the West. will take on Georgia in the SEC championship. So, uh, yeah, pretty much like we all expected. So uh, teams would just be playing for bowl games from here on out. No more uh, gunning for the uh, SEC East or SEC West, all bowl game seating uh, after this as far as the other teams in the SEC go as well. So, uh, and it was announced South Carolina is a noon game on ESPN now coming up uh, next Saturday. Hey, look, I know the product isn't pretty right now. Uh, noon games are ugly. Noon games are not fun to go to, but uh, going to be the last SEC game uh, this year played in the Swamp, so uh, tickets aren't expensive right now. So if you can, you know, let's go pack the Swamp. Uh, you know, it wasn't good seeing the Swamp like it was versus Missouri. Um, and now, look, I know everyone has their own situations, but if you can make it, uh, let's go have a good time in Gainesville uh, for the last SEC opponent of the season. And, and, oh, yeah, you get to go boo Will Muschamp one, one time. So, you know, if, even if it's just for that, you can go uh, boo Will Muschamp and uh, in a South Carolina Gamecocks as they roll in here. So if you missed that, it's going to be a noon game on ESPN uh, as South Carolina comes to Gainesville uh, next Saturday. Uh, next episode of Gators Breakdown will be uh, tomorrow. I'm recording this one on Sunday, of course. So next one will be on Monday. Will Miles will join me. We'll get his thoughts. Uh, he came down from Philadelphia uh, and was able uh, to tailgate with me at the uh, Harmonic Woods tailgate. Uh, shout out to those guys for another epic tailgate. And also a shout out to uh, Mike, the Cranky fan, for inviting us to his tailgate right, right before kickoff there. So we got to see him, spend some time with him, talk a lot of football, and a lot of fun there. Uh, you know, we'll see what Mullen has to say about the quarterback situation and, and more on Monday. And Will and I would definitely discuss that uh, as, as it moves forward. Uh, I wouldn't expect much there as far as naming a starter. Uh, really no advantage in it uh, much. So, but, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, – um, look, the team's not even going to practice. Uh, until Monday evening. So uh, no practices from the time um, the Missouri game uh, into uh, Mullins' media availability on Monday. So, yeah, not much is going to change, I don't think, from Saturday night, what Mullen had to say there. Uh, but maybe so. We'll see. Uh, they'll go back and watch film, and maybe they'll see enough there to, to name Trash Starter or, or, or keep going with Felipe. I doubt that happens, uh, but yeah, you never know. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for joining in on this epi reaction episode as Florida Falls, Missouri, 38 to 17. 
and hopefully uh, we'll have to, a better reaction episode on next Sunday. But like I said, keep at, keep an eye out for Gators Breakdown later this week. Uh, will Miles will join me, and uh, we'll have um, Will Gunter on uh, to preview South Carolina later on in the week um, as well. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls up there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.